I'm Sarah Rose, and this is the Mind Body Academy podcast. I'm here to teach you how to create better health from the inside out. It's not brain surgery, and I promise you can do it too. What's good, everyone? I'm so excited to talk to you all today. I know I have been gone for a minute, and it's so good to be back. There has been so much going on in my life, and my life has had this huge turnaround, like a whole 180 from where I was just a few months ago. So I am holding space for adjusting to all those big changes where I have taken on another coaching position for an organization, and I'm now working with 90 people a week on top of my other client load. So I have to say it has definitely been an adjustment, but I'm falling deeply and completely in love with my life. And I'm finding that life is loving me right back and it feels amazing. So I feel compelled to crack the door open and let you in on what's been going on. Because if you're anything like me, whenever I hear someone talk about how they went from a low point to a high point, I'm always listening for what changed. One lesson I've really been integrating over the past year is the idea that I have no time to rush. Being in a hurry has gotten me nowhere fast. Not that I haven't gone places and done many great things, but I can definitely recognize a pattern of chasing after the next thing and the next thing, hoping that if I just catch up to where I believe I'm supposed to be, then I'll get to ease off some of the hustle a little bit. Except it really sank in in the last year that it had become this whole carrot on a stick situation where that feeling I was after always seemed close, but no matter what I was doing, no matter how much I accomplished, always kind of felt out of reach. And it was like this whole way of life, constantly overextending myself to reach for that feeling. After getting defrauded and pretty much financially wiped out just a few months ago, I hit a wall and it was this massive collision with the realization of what happens when you're trying to get ahead of yourself. You're so much more reactive when it feels like your life or the success you want to create is an emergency. When you tell yourself you need to see results, like yesterday, that's what happens, right? Then you have tunnel vision. You forget to check your blind spots. You become less vigilant. You forget to stay in your lane and focus on the road ahead of you, not just the destination or the way other people around you are driving. You take your eyes off the road. You try to take shortcuts that can end up veering you way off course. It can happen that you end up taking a back seat to your life and let other people take over the driving for you. You can end up all over the place. This is what happens when we don't process our stress. It fries our nervous system and it short circuits our better judgment. So I've been quietly humming away in the background to create a turnaround and I attribute a lot of that to overcoming overwhelm, which is something that I see come up with my clients every day. So That's what I want to get into with you today. How can we step out from overwhelm and create a super highway to actually getting it done? And by it, I mean anything that you are working towards completing, whether that's a specific task or project or goal or getting out of whatever challenging situation you might find yourself in without any real idea of how to get out of. Most people I work with experience overwhelm. It's an emotion that's part of the human experience, to varying degrees, of course, but when you understand what actually creates overwhelm, it becomes much more manageable. 
and much less of a distraction to taking action and course correcting. What do you think causes overwhelm? Most people will tell me that it's how much they need or want to get done, particularly when it comes to their work. They'll talk about having too much to do and not enough time to get it all done in. They'll talk about competing demands on their time, like taking care of their families or themselves while trying to stay on top of work, right? Keeping up with their health and fitness goals and trying to maintain some semblance of a social life. A lot of people tell me that they feel spread thin across all their different roles and responsibilities. And while it may seem so, none of these things I just mentioned are what cause their feelings of overwhelm. Overwhelm is actually a feeling caused by our thoughts. It's a knee-jerk reaction to things not going the way we want. Most of us just aren't consciously aware that the thoughts we're thinking are creating the emotions we feel. Instead, we assume that external circumstances are creating our emotions, like our schedules, our workloads, or our running to-do lists. Overwhelm pretends to be caused by the amount of things that we have going on in our lives. But overwhelm is always being caused by our thinking. There are the things that are going on, and then there are the the thoughts that we're having about them. The thoughts that lead to overwhelm are usually going to be some variation of, I don't know how I'm going to do this, or I'm too busy, or this won't be good enough. These thoughts we're thinking are actually determining how we feel about what we have to do. It's good to know this because a lot of people try to get themselves out of that feeling of overwhelm by controlling how much they get done and by doing, doing, doing in a way that's typically pretty reactionary and generally ends up compounding their overwhelm because then they just end up overwhelmed that they're overwhelmed. And that's probably one of the most ineffective places from which to try and get things done. Ever notice that you tend to procrastinate more when you're overwhelmed? When we're worried about time, we tend to waste time. And sometimes that procrastination shows up under the guise of perfectionism. So it can look like a lot of busy work that's not the most important work. But it's procrastination all the same, even if you're getting some stuff done. If you're trying to work around the clock or you aren't getting what you want to get done, it's only partially because you aren't properly managing your to-do list or your time. It's primarily because you aren't properly managing your mind around all the things that you want to get done. Again, overwhelm isn't created by how much you have to do. It's created by overwhelm-inducing thoughts. When you are experiencing overwhelm as if it's coming from your work or the use of your time or your goal rather than your thoughts, of course you're going to end up experiencing resistance to taking action because the action you want to take seems like the source of your overwhelm. And the brain is not designed to lead you frolicking with a smile across your face towards something you have labeled as uncomfortable. When your brain senses a threat, even the threat of a negative emotion, it activates the fight-flight-freeze reflex. It triggers a reaction. For some people, like I mentioned previously, they try to outproduce their feeling of overwhelm. Other people play possum. (laughs) meaning they just kind of shut down and play dead, hoping that they won't get eaten up by their boss or their deadline or whatever impending doom they're imagining will happen if they don't get what they need to get done. They freeze up and have a hard time getting themselves to take any action, often until the very last minute, if at all. Overwhelm tends to drive all kinds of avoidance behaviors. 
When you're avoiding doing something because you are overwhelmed, your brain tells you that you are avoiding taking the action. That is not what you are avoiding. What you are avoiding is a feeling you are unwilling to have. Your brain imagines how you will feel by taking the action, and that is what you are experiencing resistance towards. You think the resistance is coming from the action, but it's actually coming from the feeling. It's coming from you imagining that if you do X, then you will feel Y, and you will not enjoy that. Some people will tell me that they feel mentally drained because of the overwhelm they're experiencing, and that's what's getting in the way of them taking action. I just want to open a little parenthesis on this because it's worth exploring how energy is created. There are two types of energy, psychological energy and cellular energy. Overwhelm can tax both energy systems. We tend to think of the mind and body as separate, but really they are one integrated system. What you do to your brain, you do to your body, and vice versa. Psychological energy is created by the way that you're thinking. It's that second wind you get after a long day or that sudden burst of energy when you find out you have something to look forward to. It's fueled by intention. The more you direct your mind and practice consciously choosing what you think, feel, and do, the more energy you'll be able to generate and sustain. This is what I support my clients in learning how to do all the time. Psychological energy is also created by processing the backlog of stress in your nervous system. That is to say, if you aren't managing your stress, you're releasing a lot of the stress hormone cortisol, which affects your energy at a cellular level. Notice what it feels like in your body when you're feeling overwhelmed. It usually feels like a lot of stored tension, because it is. The more you resist that feeling instead of feel it, the more your body holds on to that tension, and the more that tension gets communicated back up to the mind. Now, within your cells are a whole bunch of mitochondria, which are the microscopic power plants of your body. Whenever these organelles produce energy in the form of ATP, they also produce a byproduct called reactive oxygen species, or ROS. Some ROS is normal, but stress can elevate these levels, leading to inflammation and inflammaging. This can show up as brain fog, cognitive impairment, and all kinds of different things that can exacerbate stress and overwhelm. Eating a lot of refined sugar and flour, which causes blood sugar imbalances and insulin resistance, and neglecting sleep, can also damage your mitochondria. That makes it so much more difficult to generate lots of energy. And notice that eating a lot of these types of foods and neglecting sleep are usually what we do when we feel overwhelmed. So when a client comes to me with a lot of overwhelm and burnout, a nutritional intervention is really important in terms of restoring and recalibrating some of that energy. When faced with a lot on our plates, most of us are not thinking about the importance of what's going on to our actual plates, but this is actually so, so, so important. It's actually a huge determinant of how much energy we are able to bring to our lives. So when it comes to overcoming overwhelm, we want to be paying attention to the ways we are depriving the brain and the body of energy, the energy that we need to be taking action. When it comes to psychological energy, the key to diffusing overwhelm is to recognize what you're thinking when you're feeling overwhelmed. That's step one. And probably step zero would be just to even be able to recognize the feeling of overwhelm, which may sound kind of basic, 
But sometimes people are spinning their wheels and they're so speeded up that that baseline recognition isn't even there. It's just the sense of, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. So the way to figure out what you're thinking is just to ask yourself why you feel overwhelmed. Maybe it's that you're telling yourself that there's not enough time or that you're unsure how to do what you want to do or if you're doing it the right way. Just see what comes up. That question will reveal all of your thinking. It's helpful to write this out when you're exploring this because when you get your thoughts down on paper, it's much easier to get some perspective over them. On paper, a thought is a thought. In your head, a thought seems like the truth. And it's hard to question something that feels true. So explore that question. Why do I feel overwhelmed? Historically for me, I had a huge hang-up on the how of things. It used to be that when I didn't know how to do something, I had this tendency to go do more of what I already knew how to do, expecting a different result, instead of changing things up. It was like I wanted to be good at something before getting out there and doing it. But obviously, the way that you get good at something, and even the way that you learn how to do something, is by doing it. So I would get completely overwhelmed because I was doing more, 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 more without the results to show for it because I wasn't putting my energy towards the things that would actually shift my results. When you are telling yourself that you don't know how to do something and your mind has a mini meltdown, recognize that you're less prone to trying new things, which continues to reinforce the sense that you don't know how to do something because you're not really doing it. You're not holding space for the opportunity for you to try things, evaluate, and move forward. It's this whole kind of state of paralysis, the whole freeze reflex kicking in there. The same thing happens when you tell yourself that you don't have enough time and your brain has a little freak out about that. When you think that you don't have enough time and you get anxious or overwhelmed, you tend to waste time either by working in a distracted way or by distracting away from the work you need to get done. Either way, you'll usually end up with this self-fulfilling prophecy of not having enough time to complete things, which reinforces the belief that you don't have enough time. When you tell yourself you don't have enough time, you're typically not planning your time in a way that you can actually get things done. We don't even realize the ways we prove our own thoughts true like this. The craziest part of overwhelm is that it feels necessary. It can often feel very productive to be in overwhelm. It can seem like if you get overwhelmed enough, then you'll actually do something. And I think that people see this kind of thinking reinforced by bursts of productivity right before a deadline and watching that pay off, except that we need to clarify that it's not because of the overwhelm that the work actually gets done. It's in spite of it. So when you pin down the thought you're thinking that's creating overwhelm for you, it's tempting to thought swap by changing that thought out but there's a step in between that tends to get skipped over. It goes against the impulse of what overwhelm typically has you doing, like rushing around with lots of urgency to get things done, but you need to slow down and process the emotion that's coming up for you. That's step two. Sanford Meissner once said that the task that impedes your task is the task. If overwhelm is getting in the way of you being able to get shit done, you need to work through the resistance to taking action before you try to take action. Otherwise, you're slowing yourself way down. It's like trying to run an obstacle course tethered to a ball and chain when 
you actually have the option of removing that extra weight at any time by taking a few extra seconds to unhook from it. It may seem like a waste of time in the moment, like it's taking up a whole bunch of time, but it actually ends up saving you a lot of time and effort. Clearly, that seems obvious in this context, but it's a whole lot less obvious when we're moving throughout our busy lives. So very often, stress and overwhelm and anxiety just seem like facts of our jobs and facts of our lives that we're carrying around with us, but it really doesn't have to be that way. There is a way to put that weight down before moving forward. The things to do are the things to do. You can do them with a lot of stress and a lot of complaining, or you can do them without all the overwhelm. Really is optional. So how do we do that? How do we process overwhelm and manage all of our undisciplined thoughts and the don't know mind? Overwhelm is the emotion we default to when we tell ourselves that we can't come up with a solution. Evolutionarily, our brains were designed to identify and assess problems. It takes consciousness to orient towards solutions, to orient towards what's actually going well. When you're in overwhelm, you're cut off from the consciousness of what needs to change, and that prevents you from changing in meaningful ways. And recognize because you're discounting what might be working well, that you end up changing everything, including the parts that were working well. So that creates a lot of backpedaling and confusion and all of that. What needs to change isn't necessarily how much you work or what you're working on or any of that. What needs to change is always a thought, your thinking, and your willingness to process through what you feel. Even though overwhelm is full of urgency and discomfort, understand that it's actually the mechanism by which your brain tries to keep you the same. Because your brain equates sameness with certainty and safety. Overwhelm is the resistance to making decisions that could create a change because being overwhelmed is so much easier than putting in the work to figure things out. So helpful to know this because making decisions is actually how you prevent overwhelm. It requires planning and breaking things down, bringing that time horizon a little closer in than rather than trying to figure out your whole future, right? Making all of that doable chunks sometimes taking it 24 hours at a time. The better your process for decision-making and the more decisions you make ahead of time, even if that's 24 hours ahead of time, which is a lot of what we do in Think Yourself Slim, planning the food 24 hours in advance, right? the better you'll be at preventing overwhelm. You can choose to process what you feel instead of arguing with it and making it mean that something has gone wrong or that there's something wrong with you. You can choose how you want to think. You can choose one next step and just do something because it's only by making decisions and taking action that you can improve the outcomes you're creating and by extension, the quality of your everyday life. But the reason we don't strategize effectively and that very often those things don't feel choosable is because our brains just offer that we're too overwhelmed. Rather than trying to get rid of the overwhelm, we want to build the skill of processing it through. So let's explore how we do this more practically because this is the part that gets skipped over most often. Take a moment right now just to scan through your recent memories and bring to mind a situation with some overwhelm around it. Be where you were, feel what you felt. Now, as you allow that emotion to resurface, just remind yourself what was bringing up that feeling. What are the thoughts 
that were going through your mind? What were you believing about yourself or the situation? Maybe it was a sense of not enough time or too much to do or too much going on. Too much doing without any real sense of getting to where you want to be. Just recognizing the way in which the mind was latching onto what's wrong. Overwhelm, like any other emotion, is just a vibration in your body caused by a thought you're having. So bobble down from the thoughts and scan through your body right now. Invite yourself into presence and feel what's going on. Your body, your heart, maybe your throat, your belly. You might breathe with it. Take a deep breath into that. How would you describe that sensation? As you bring that into awareness, drop in with the question, can I be with this for just right now? No need to try or strive to get to yes. Just notice the reflex of the mind. And then bobble back down into your body. What happens to the sensation? Does it increase, decrease, stay the same? See what you can notice. And when you feel ready, drop in with that question again. Can I be with this for just right now? So you're asking and noticing. Recognize that right now nothing is happening, but you can recreate the experience of that emotion now by the way that you're thinking. It's not something external that's producing the way that you feel. You're the one with your fingers on the volume knob. You can begin to sense this when you notice what happens to the sensation in response to that question, can I be with this? This is not your workload, how much you have to do, any of that. It's how you're imagining all of that that's creating the feeling for you right now. Step three is exploring another way of thinking. The reason step two is so important before getting to step three is because what I often see happen is when people investigate the thinking driving their overwhelm, they immediately want to change it. And in their rush to get out of it, they can't understand it. Remember, what you are avoiding when you feel overwhelmed isn't an action. It's processing the emotion. What I see people doing is try to outthink their overwhelm. So they're either outworking it, trying to outwork it or avoid it or outthink their overwhelm instead of feel it, which usually just produces more overthinking, more overwhelm. So our natural tendency when we get visibility on a thought is to try to jump straight to its opposite, except it's usually too big of a jump for the mind to latch onto right away. If you're used to telling yourself that you don't have enough time, you're probably going to have a hard time accepting the thought that you do or that you have an abundance of time. So what I want to recommend is starting with choosing a feeling rather than a thought. When you're feeling overwhelmed, what emotion could you offer yourself that would support you in moving on from there? Maybe some compassion or reassurance or determination. Choose one and then ask yourself what you would need to believe in order to feel that way now. Regardless of how many demands you have on your time or things you have to figure out, 
what would you need to believe to feel that way now? For me, the phrase I came up with is, I have no time to rush. It really recenters me. It gives me the sense that when I calm down, I'll be able to see that there's always enough time for what actually needs to get done. After all, it will take the time it will take, right? And sometimes I practice diffusing some of the tension and overwhelm around what I have to do by asking myself, how can I make this fun? When we're overwhelmed, so many of us try to solve our problems miserably. This rarely works and usually adds to the overwhelm because it creates so much resistance and dragging of feet around taking action. It's hard to keep doing what we don't want to be doing. It requires so much willpower and we know that willpower depletes. So breaking it down and making it fun can make such a big difference. How can I make this fun? How can I make this easier for me? It's asking a better question. What's one next step? So flowing the overwhelm into a question. Neuropsychologist Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor describes how it takes 1.5 minutes for an emotion to come and go. That's it. (laughs) That's it. Unless you're having thoughts that keep on fueling the emotion, which is, of course, what we do when we feel overwhelmed. Overwhelmed, just like many worry and fear-inducing thoughts, thrives on the vagueness of what might be around the corner. The more time we spend thinking about what might be, the more we put ourselves into a reactive mode of being in our bodies that generates the very behaviors that end up reinforcing the thoughts producing the overwhelm. When we act out of overwhelm, we often show up in a way that compounds rather than alleviates the overwhelm. We add to it, right? We can see the ways we give up or say hurtful things or try to judge ourselves hard enough to get ourselves into action but that ends up producing so much more of the same, right? All of this pressure that bubbles up that either creates avoidance or reaction just gets in the way of productivity. So when you're feeling overwhelmed, just to recap, step one is to practice recognizing the thoughts that are producing overwhelm for you. Why are you overwhelmed? Starting to catch the thought pattern is a really powerful way to decondition our habits of thinking. That way, instead of living at the effect of your thoughts because you're anticipating them to happen, you're aware that they're happening, when you know that they're there, you don't end up mistaking them for reality. Then we can take care of the next step and open up to the overwhelm and process it through. We can name it and notice it and open up to it. As we become more aware of our senses, Research shows that it deactivates the limbic system and that fight-flight-freeze reflex. But as funny as it may sound, it's not easy to learn how to feel our feelings. It really is a practice to create space in the body, to create space in the mind for another possibility to come through. And then step three is the practice of redirecting your mind by consciously choosing how you want to think about your given circumstances instead. So, That's all I have for you this week. All right, everyone. As always, if you need support with any of this, take advantage of booking a free consultation with me. Just click on the link in the show notes. This is the closest thing you'll find to an eject button to get yourself out of overwhelm. So keep calm, carry on. I'll talk to you all again very soon. Kind of wish life came with a refresh button? Join the Genius Body Detox to start looking and feeling your best in as little as 30 days. Just click on the link in the show notes or visit thegeniusbody.com. 
and let's start fresh today.